Welcome to Between the Bylines, a weekly podcast from the Boston University News Service where we unpack must-read stories from the past week through the lens of student journalism. Hear how the story was made from the writers and editors who made it. Hi, it's February 28th. I'm Sophie Will, and I'm the managing editor. And my name is Abigail Freeman, and I'm the assistant managing editor. We're really grateful to have you back. So today, before we get going, again, we wanted to talk about our exciting event coming up today and tomorrow, which is Buns Week. So we'll be holding four workshops about multimedia reporting, editing your work, data visualization, and event coverage between the two days. And our editors will share all their expertise and experience in these editors for free Plus, there will be buns, pens, and stickers. You know you want to be there. Um, So we'll see you tonight in room 208 for Photo Game On with our um, photo editor, Erin Yee. And check yourself before you wreck yourself, taught by our own Abby. Yes, um, I definitely look forward to teaching it. It's important stuff to know. And um, we kind of have a little crash course of fact-checking, attribution, you know, where to do it and how to do it, um, as well as writing hard and soft leads and how to network in your internships or just um, in the journalism industry in general. And um, the name just kind of came to me. I had fun, like, thinking of a name for my workshop. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, it's check yourself before you wreck yourself, which unfortunately, um, New York Times executive editor, or I'm sorry, the former New York Times executive editor, Jill Abramson, did not do um, before she released her new book, Merchants of Truth, mm-hmm. um, which I think is pretty ironically named. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So we um, had a writer, Martha Moreau, write this story for us this week, uh, which was an event that Jill Abramson attended at Harvard Bookstore last week. If you don't know who Jill Abramson is, Abramson is. Um, She's the former New York Times executive editor. She's the first woman executive editor in the history history of the paper. Um, She's a hero to many and uh, quite the beacon of what we thought was journalistic standards. And so you can imagine the journalism community's surprise when this new book came out. And um, Michael Monahan from Vice News said in a series of tweets that A lot of the um, sentences and passages in her book um, looks like they've been lifted from other sources. Uh, Michael Monaghan is from Vice News. And at first, Ms. Abramson was like, this is not what happened. And I'm really sorry, but I'm going to look into it. So she did some looking into it. And by the end of, you know, her investigating this, she just said that it was sloppiness and that she didn't do her her work thoroughly enough, which is really disappointing and in a time where freedom of the press and journalists are already so demonized, it mm-hmm. didn't help. Um, so that's why this is such a sensational topic. Uh, so last Tuesday, she came to the Harvard Bookstore and gave a speech, and the first question was, to address this and a a quote that I really loved um, that this writer got was Abramson said after the career that I've had at age 64 why would I suddenly decide to steal other people's work Um, which felt very Mm off-putting but also um, you know later on she you know defended herself and just said you know I'm sorry didn't mean to do that Um, and she's making the the edits right now yeah so. I mean I think 
even at the level that she's at with the wisdom and experience that she has, like we journalists, we will never be above making mistakes. Mm -hmm. I don't think. And, um, especially in calm, I know my, one of my professors, Chris Daly has really been driving home just attribution at any opportunity that there should be like, Mm -hmm. don't even, it's better to have more attribution than seems necessary than to put yourself in this kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, corrections are run all the time. We're, we're all human beings and we're in a profession that prioritizes the truth over everything else, no matter what. But the facts are that humans do make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in this profession, it, it's easy, especially in this climate right now, um, for us to be heavily criticized for the mistakes that we do make. Mm-hmm. Um, but I appreciated that at the end of the day, Abramson is owning up to her mistakes, um, which I think that students should all just get in a habit of doing from the get-go. Um, yeah. It's going to be a part of our jobs for the rest of our lives. And um, at the end of the day, like we, we can't let our pride in our storytelling mm-hmm. outweigh admitting to mistakes. Yeah, it's so true. And one thing that I've actually been contemplating lately is how closely we as journalists uh, put our work to our own self-worth. And sometimes it seems that they are the same thing, that our work and our Mm self-worth are the same. And that's when you get situations where, you know, number one, you're going to make a mistake. But when you do make a mistake, you're not going to own up to it because you think that you're a bad person, but that's not the truth. And knowing that, you know, making a mistake is okay and corrections are run every day, but try your hardest not to do it, you know? And I think this whole thing could have been really avoided. I mean, this is Jill Abramson with Simon and Schuster. It is Mm -hmm. big names with big teams. And I think that if someone or someone's took more time to do some digging and and to really verify things again saying that you know mistakes happen this whole thing could have been avoided it just it takes five or ten minutes of more work it takes just a couple more google searches it takes a 30 second phone call it's it it is worth it for your peace of mind and for your reputation right and like she owned up to the fact that it was sloppy Mm -hmm. so you know if in your reporting you've done everything in your power to make sure that everything is correct and somehow something still falls short okay you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so be it like um i think that's bound to happen especially with like digital stories that need to be turned over so quickly that sometimes things do get lost in translation but sloppiness is a different story and that just means that you didn't do your job properly in my opinion yeah absolutely and I mean, I totally agree. And what this book is about, actually, speaking of digital, um, is it is this 500-page tome talking about how um, newspapers are dealing with the digital world. And unfortunately, um, in the 24-hour news cycle, we are coming up against really hard deadlines and sometimes we're not as thorough as we used to be because it was like one story a day and then it goes in the paper tomorrow and everything's happened Mm -hmm. still saying that corrections ran then um but it's just it's really interesting how we as news media are dealing with this change into the digital world and and that is why 
you know, this book was written. So it's, I think it's kind of ironic that um, it's called Merchants of Truth. And <laughs> yeah. this unfortunately happened. It's, um, that's the word for it, away. unfortunate. That, yeah. Um, and yeah, like the reason why her mistakes were noticed so quickly was because of the internet mm-hmm. and how easily things can be found and fact-checked. So it just really drives home the fact that like as easy as it is for someone reading your content to check on you, mm-hmm. you should be doing the same for yourself. And if you're an editor, you should absolutely be doing the same for your writers. Mm-hmm. Um, we really just have to be one step ahead in that way mm-hmm. as journalists. And um, yeah, I think that it's interesting to hear from her, especially because she comes from a whole different generation of journalists. Um, and I think that in a way like we we know that this print age is going to end at some point we just don't know when and i'm more excited to see how the digitalization of everything is going to change because you know soon enough Mm -hmm. like maybe there won't be writing at all maybe it'll all be audio or maybe it'll all be video and visual production um so i think that given all of her experience in her time entering the journalism field, it definitely puts things in perspective for us on how much the industry can change. Mm -hmm. Um, And we really just have to prepare ourselves in any way we can for that. And especially with these basics of editing and checking yourself, um, those should be like a very strong foundation. Right. Absolutely. And it's, it's so hard being a journalism student and trying to get this degree and being really excited about going in the field and then watching these layoffs happen. I mean, I this week I haven't seen too much about layoffs, but in the past month, you know, big organizations, BuzzFeed, et cetera, have been laying off large amounts of their staff. And so, you know, while we're sitting here trying to get a job, right. it's really disheartening. Um, but one of the ways that I know for sure that you can set yourself apart in the job field that is growing and shrinking, it is shrinking in the print way and it's growing in the digital way, um, including being a multimedia reporter, is to make sure that your work is solid. You know, yeah. how is your copy? How is your editing? How are your, you know, facts? Are you CQing everything? Are you, you know, are you willing to own up to your mistakes even, you know, being as honest and as having as much integrity as a reporter as you can is so vital to getting anywhere in this field. And that, you know, that idea kind of basically refutes the notion that anyone could be a journalist now, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is a popular sentiment at this point in time. Like Mm -hmm. you, you know, with the click, with a few clicks, you can make your own website and write about whatever you want and um, not have people holding you accountable, such as editors and other reporters, but, you know, sticking to what we know best, which is the truth through and through, Mm -hmm. um, especially student journalists is what will continue to set us apart. And like paying that extra attention to detail is absolutely crucial. Yeah. And um, I totally agree with you that, yeah, we, we just have to keep going. Like there, yeah. there's room for us mm-hmm. in the journalism industry. And, um, when the Buzzfeed layoffs happened, um, my professor asked the class, which is mostly seniors and I'm a mm-hmm. senior. So mm-hmm. I totally can relate to the pursuit of a job in journalism, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I would be thrilled with any job in journalism. Doesn't matter to me as long as I'm 
doing what I love. Um, mm-hmm. But he asked us, you know, how are you feeling right now? <laughs> Which Stressed. I thought was kind of a funny <laughs> question to ask. Um, and a lot of people weren't phased because of the skills that they have from majoring in journalism that they can mm-hmm. apply to other fields. Um, but I personally, and maybe I'm in the minority in this, I just refuse to accept, you know, entering another field at this point in my yeah, life. You same. know what I mean? I know that it happens a lot um, where reporters will be reporting for maybe five, 10 years, and then they go into something else like public relations or something like that that's maybe a, perhaps more financially stable. <laughs> um, Unfortunately. But, you know, I, I truly believe that there's still room for us. It's just a matter of, like you said, setting ourselves apart and doing honest work that mm-hmm. these publications will need to more heavily rely on. Because, yes, there's all kinds of content out there, but with all of these people coming to the internet to produce their own original content, we're losing what I think has journalistic integrity. And we need to like, we are going to be the ones feeding that and keeping it alive. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm confident that there's still room for us out there. And when the free made their announcement of um, only printing when they have ads now, Mm -hmm. my mom actually texted me and I'm no longer a writer for the free, but Mm -hmm. um, she just wanted to make sure that I was fine. And she just said, does this affect you in any way? Like, Mm -hmm. does this hurt your job? Um, And it was interesting to hear because I'm sure that that's the first thought that a lot of people have when they Mm -hmm. hear about publications going to digital first. Um, But, you know, the free didn't announce that they're also (laughs) denying student writers. Um, Like we, we will always need honest and, you know, thorough writers that are willing to own up to anything that comes their way. So um, I'm, I'm very confident that, there, there is a place for all of us. All of us student journalists who want jobs in journalism, we will get them. Yeah, and we published an article this week about the downscaling of printing by the Daily Free Press as well as the Huntington News and uh, the Tufts Daily at Northeastern and Tufts, respectively. And it's really interesting watching the industry shift not only on professional level but on a student level as well. And I think that that just by itself mm-hmm. is good news. It is yeah. good news that us as student journalists are adapting to fit the field because that's what journalists do. We adapt. We are flexible. We, But I think another quality that journalists have um, is that we are stubborn. <laughs> and <laughs> like me, refusing yeah, to take a job that's not in journalism. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're stubborn and we're passionate and we know that what we want. And I fully believe as well that um, and maybe we're just optimistic, which which I hope you know the industry what? doesn't take it out of us. <laughs> yeah. But um, I truly also believe that if you fight for what you want with everything you got, you'll get it eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are ways to make yourself a better writer, like making sure that your stuff is fact-checked and it is thorough. Yeah. There are ways to diversify yourself, you know, making yourself a multimedia reporter. For me how I've diversified myself is not only that I'm a multimedia reporter, but that I'm specifically interested in doing investigative and in-depth and data work. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've spent the entirety of my college career taking classes in that, writing stories in that, taking internships in that. And that has done me so well. That has been so profitable for me because um, 
employers can see that I have found this one thing that I am good at and I'm going to follow it. And I even had an editor, a, a previous editor I was talking to the other day um, that said the best thing that really anybody can do as a journalism student is, yes, be good at everything, right? Which is a lot of pressure, <laughs> but be good at everything. You said that casually. <laughs> I know. <laughs> be good at everything. Um, but also to really find one thing that you love and that you're passionate about, whether that's entertainment or hard news or in-depth or long-form or feature, you know, finding your beat yeah, and following it. And that is how you can really do well in getting jobs and making yourself stand out to a lot of people. Yeah, that's definitely what I have gathered as well. Um, you certainly were ahead of the game. I, <laughs> I did not really even think about data journalism until this semester. <laughs> yeah, And I'm glad that I did. Um, I'm in Maggie Mulvihill's data journalism class. And so good. I highly recommend it to any comm students or any mm-hmm. student journalists out there. Um, and one thing that Maggie has said is this just makes us more marketable like excel skills um being able to look at data and pull a lead out of it like it it truly does make us more marketable so and not that's awesome for you i mean that you (laughs) that you figured this out and like it's hard it's hard for us to find a beat um i have realized over the years that i've gravitated a lot towards lifestyle like travel um things like that but at the same time i still love covering like anything that i any story that i can learn from where i connected Mm -hmm. with another person and that can shed light on something that i don't think is covered Mm -hmm. enough then i'm happy with it but i definitely agree that we need a certain arsenal of skills yeah for sure yeah um and yeah yeah i mean (laughs) yeah and that wasn't like a look at me look at me but yeah no it's just like um the way that I figured that out and the best way to figure that out, and this is not just me being like, do this, but also tons of editors, um, professional editors in my internships and professors saying, you know, try everything, Mm -hmm. try everything that you can and find your thing, find, you know, what jives best for you. And if your thing is, well, I like 70% like doing this, but I like 30% still doing this. You can still do that, but just having something that can set you apart, that takes your resume out of the stack, that really shows that you show initiative and that you're passionate, that is what's going to get you the the job that you want and how you can fight for it. So Definitely. And calm is definitely keeping us on our toes. I mean, as a senior hearing about how Com 101 is like structured now, it is completely different than oh, I when know. I took it. I know. <laughs> and it's crazy to hear about, but when I think about it, I shouldn't be surprised because they yeah. they really are trying to mimic the real world and like how much the industry is changing. Um, so I think that's great for us yeah. BU journalism students. And um, hopefully, you know, a lot of other curriculums at other schools out there are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think especially for calm, like we've got a bright future. And yeah. as long as we stay positive and like you said, keep keep thinking about what we can contribute as reporters, mm-hmm. as ourselves in the industry, then um, I think we're good to go. Yeah. I guess the gist of it, uh, the gist of it all is that the future is bright. Yes. And keep going, journalism students. (laughs) (laughs) You know, things like what happened to Jill Abramson happens. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we at Buns, we run corrections all the time. Yes. So does the New York Times. So does 
every internship that I've ever had. You know, you run corrections all the time, you take it on the chin, and you let it humble you. Um, and, you know, if you do your work, keep your head down, don't focus on other people, and just focus on making yourself the best person and the best writer that you can be with integrity, you're going to be okay. So as feel good as we can get with that. Um, so yeah, the, thanks for joining us this week. That's all we have. Um, again, if we would love to see you at Buns Week tonight, which is in room 208, again, for a photo game on, and check yourself before you wreck yourself with Abby. Yeah, and we'll have more motivational speeches for you there Always. as well. So. Always. If you ever need a motivational <laughs> speech, you know where to find us. Um, also, Pitch Meeting is tonight at 6.30, so the best thing to do, come to Pitch, and then come with us to both sessions. It's just going to work out well. Just hang out. Right. We'll have uh, a great time. It's going to be great. Email us at bunewservice at gmail.com. Visit us at bunewservice.com. And until next week, this has been Between the Bylines. Thank you.